Hey guys, Jack here. Before we get to today's episode of the Jack Vita Show with Dave Sims, the longtime play-by-play broadcaster for the Seattle Mariners, I just want to warn you that today's episode is not the greatest audio quality that we've had before. So if you're watching this or listening to this, I just want to warn you guys, for whatever reason, it's a little choppy. Um, but if you're able to kind of look past some of those technical difficulties, I hope you will enjoy our conversation today because there's a lot of interesting stuff that we discussed with this Major League Baseball season and just about his career. I mean, Dave's a great guy. So I just want to warn you guys that this is not the greatest video or audio quality that you will see on the Jack Vita show. Um, so if this is your first time listening, I promise you, it typically isn't this choppy, but I think you guys will still enjoy it if you give it a listen. Let me know how you guys like it. And again, we'll do better next time. So my apologies for the technical difficulties. Here's my conversation with the great Dave Sims. What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, as always, Jack Vita, here on this Friday, May 19th, 2023. And boy, do we have a great episode lined up. We've got one of the ultimate good guys in this sports media broadcasting space joining us today. Now, obviously, most of you have seen him or heard him. He's called not just baseball, he's called a lot of sports over the years. He's football, basketball, NFL, college football, college basketball, probably some NBA. I mean, he's done it all. And he's doing, uh, he's right now, he's in his, this would be his 17th season as the Seattle Mariners play by play guy. He does both TV and radio, he alternates these days. Uh, but he's been crushing it. He's a legend. And of course, many of you have heard him as the co-host of Basketball and Beyond with Coach K on Sirius XM. Dave Sims joins us this morning. We're going to talk some ball. We're going to talk his career. Dave, great to have you here. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time, and I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, great to have you here. I, my first thing I want to know is it's noon Eastern time. So my question is, how many times have you worked out today already? Uh, I'm probably going to have to get in a late one, to be honest with you. I got uh, <laughs> buddies over 30, so I'm long, probably have to work it off. And I want to sit in uh, tonight. You know, it, it, one thing I've learned as I get older, rest is so important. So, I mean, and I did all the carrying on and all that kind of stuff back in the late 70s when I was a young reporter at the Daily News. I'm going to, I'll probably work out this afternoon, get a light dinner, and then settle in and watch the, the Mariners. I'm not, I'm not working today because it's on Apple TV. I'll probably keep an eye on a hockey game and a basketball game, too. So this, this will be TV just kill. Yeah, out in Atlanta. But I just, uh, I'm impressed, though, Dave, because I know that you travel a lot and you've been in this game a long time. But you certainly, I've seen it up close, you make it a priority to be active and eat healthy. You just had your whole oh, foods. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just got back from whole foods. I had, I got a yogurt. I had a thing of watermelon. I had a, I, I, I cheated a little bit, had a muffin. I'll get my water in 
And, uh, you know, if I do a workout, I'll do a workout more and uh, be ready to go. But if I can, I think I've had, where were we? We're in Boston, Detroit. So I've had a couple, three workouts already. (laughs) At a boy. So uh, we had lunch last month and we went to this great place in Chicago. Recommend it to people who are in Chicago. Francesca's on Chestnut down by Water Water Tower Place, great Italian place. So we sit down and Dave tells me he's a huge fan of mob movies. So I got to ask you, Dave, what's the best (laughs) mob movie? Well, it's funny you mention that because when we came from Boston, today's, uh, so that would have been after the Wednesday game, we get into Atlanta. Like by the time we get to the hotel room, it's like 3.30. And I made a mistake of turning on the TV while I was waiting for the bags and just shuffling through casino was on. And that that might not be the, the best uh, movie, but a good one because I love actors they have. Well, first I had full time, so I absolutely loved growing up. Alan King and Don Rickles. And then, of course, you got De Niro and you got Pesci, you know, and Sharon Stone. It was a little bit long, but I, 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 for me, Godfather, you know, number one, and then probably Goodfellas, number two. Uh, Untouchables wasn't bad. Yeah, so I mean, those are the ones that sort of jump out at me right now. But yeah, my movies, and you know, you got to remember, I'm older than you also when I was growing up, the uh, Touch was a um, was an ABC show. They had aired on Fridays, and Glorious Black and White. And I remember being uh, in my grandmother's like uh, on a Friday night, so I could stay up late, and it was a big deal when, when that song would come on, and I would recognize it, come running down the steps and watch about a half hour of it. <laughs> <laughs> man great movies casino we talked about that one when we had lunch oh my gosh and it it was the movie where everyone was like my goodness sharon stone she can really act oh yeah no that was that was some crazy stuff man and uh you know de niro so you know he's such a star and even now at 79 and mazel top to him he just having another kid his seventh kid he's 79 years old like dude what are you doing but uh (laughs) he I, I didn't. I never. I saw him at a football game. I was doing a Monday night football, a Sunday night football game. And it was at Atlanta, and him, Crystal, and Jay Z. But I couldn't post to just you know say hello. But it was it was nice. Uh, it was you know you get a little starstruck. Not, I, and I don't. I generally don't. I especially on athletes. I mean, I'm just everybody athletic. But you know, movie stars and comedians and singers. I, I'm, I'm into that. I, I get. I, I don't get tongue-tied, but it's pretty cool seeing those folks up close and personal. It's awesome, Dave. Hey, Dave, is your – real quick, um, I just want to check. Is your internet good? You're a little choppy on here. Uh, as, as good as the four seasons can do, my man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. We'll just keep – we'll keep rolling. Sounds good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, is there someone that – You've, I mean, obviously, you've been in this field a long time. Is there someone that you especially found yourself tongue tied around when you saw a celebrity or an athlete? Yeah, yeah, Jim Brown. That happened to me. Uh, let's see, it's about 18, 19 years ago. Waldorf Astoria, it was a big benefit, and it was an absolute who's who of that time. Jack Nicholas, Frank Gifford, Walt Frazier, uh, actually, all of all of us at that point, Odd Rashad. Um, I hosted Knicks, uh, former uh, Jets and Giants, and we're standing on the stage, curtains closed before you know the program starts, and 
you know, there's groups of guys, four, five, ten. Jim Brown came walking in, and he walked right towards the group I was with. And and every and it was like, man, it was like Superman had just walked in. And everybody, hey Jim, what's up? Hey Jim, Jim. And I and then going around and I had the I had a George Costanza moment where I said, uh, oh, Mr. Uh, uh, make any movies lately? And he said, my oh, man, all you had to do was say hello. I was like, <laughs> when, it ha- when it happened, it, I had seen a, 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 some promos or something of, of Jim Brown, a feature that morning, I guess, NFL Films, and it was in my mind, and movies were in my mind. And I just, all of a sudden, it just went, I took the wrong turn when I went to ask the question. <laughs> I had, I would say the one, I mean, I wasn't tongue tied, but the moment that now that I'm like, I'm getting established in this field, I'm, I'm the new kid on the block. I'm young. So you start, I mean, you get used to it pretty quickly of seeing all these athletes and and stuff like that. The thing for me is if someone was kind of like a hero to me as a kid, they still remain someone that I look at with a little bit of awe. And so when we were at Mariners camp, you and I were talking and we're watching Ichiro in the batting cages. That was a little bit of a moment for me where I was like, man, this guy is one of my all-time favorite players. I did meet him very briefly. I didn't want to pester him. Um, but man, Ichiro, all-time great player and also a hilarious personality, which I'm sure you sure. have plenty of Ichiro stories from over the years. Well, I won't say plenty, but it, and, and, and some of them are not repeatable. I mean, you know, <laughs> They're very funny. I, I remember the first time I met him, it blew me away. You know, he his English is good. He just didn't. He does even to this day. I don't even know how old he is now. I forget. But it's forty nine. He's doing forty nine. Okay, that, that was that, that, I knew I was in the neighborhood. Um, publicly, like for on the record stuff, print, radio, TV, he likes to have the translator. But I mean, you can have a conversation with him. Jay is a turner of uh, what Alan can't remember now. Town uh, is there with them all the time, so you can have a fun conversation. And it's always interesting watching when teams come to our ballpark, and he's generally out there shagging or and uh, maybe throwing some, maybe not yeah, early, very early BP and brawn with guys in the outfield and watching guys go over and say hello to them. And you wind up, you know, you can see five and 10 minute conversations going on. I get about like Tani and Japanese stars coming in. Oh man, it's like, uh, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, man. It's the bowing and then they, they're just so incredibly and fabulously respectful. It's fun. It's fun to watch. He's a, he's just an incredible personality and player. And, I'm convinced after watching him take, we were watching him take those cuts in the batting cages. Like this guy could play right now at age 49. I think he would bat like 255, at least 255. I think he'd be, I think he'd still be a productive player. Well, I think that, you know, if he could get, if you he, he told him, Hey, Edge, we give you, give you one or two ABs a, a, you know, every couple of days, he probably would produce. Uh, I yeah. felt badly for him when we were over there at 19 and when he hung it up. And I tell you, it was – we played – there was a couple of regular games that we played. We played some games. I kept waiting for somebody. And I wanted to happen. Come on, serve one up. Why did he hit it? Come on. Let's go. It's like you know, when Denny McClain served one up the mantle 
when Mantle was chasing, uh, I think he was trying to catch past Jimmy Fox. And, uh, you know, there's that story about, you know, the claim threw a pitch right down the middle of the plate. And I think it was Bill Freehan was the catch. What's wrong? Mick, swing it. So we're trying to let you – essentially, yeah, it's it's yours to the take it. He's going to he's gonna throw one thing. And he did. And I was hoping that he would do the same thing for each row, and it didn't happen. And then, you know, two regular games we played against the A's, obviously it's full board full-blown regular season competition. He he didn't put the ball in play that much. It was a shame. But, man, the love affair and uh, that was expressed to him. I mean, there, I, we had a couple cuts on TV where just the mere sight of them, they had women and men crying. Right? It's like, man, I'm in, the, I'm in my, my, you know, my people can fall and smile. I'm not crying sight, but that's uh, the impact that he had uh, over Japan. He was, I mean, it's the Japanese. I think it was really cool to see this World Baseball Classic. Those games, even the early round games, they were getting like 60 or 70 million viewers in Japan alone. They love baseball. I don't know if you've ever met Arrestus Destrade. Uh, He's been doing, he had done the Rays uh, pregame, postgame for a long time. Yeah, we had him on last week and the big O he was talking about, I mean, like he's still like really famous in Japan from his five yeah. years that he played over there. Won a, won a, a Japanese series championship. They love their baseball. And it's, it's great that we've had Ichiro and now Otani, like Otani's going to pitch in Chicago in a, about a week or so. And maybe two weeks. And I'm expecting that white Sox game to be the most, packed White Sox game that we see this whole season. I tell you what, once, if that word isn't out, it'll certainly get out quickly. Um, that should be a big advance sale probably. I would think it, it should be a sellout a week in advance because the guy is just such a special player. Yeah, he's a unicorn. Top-level hitter, top-level. I mean, super elite hitter, super elite pitcher. I mean, he, he easily – I mean, he's in a conversation. He's talking about players all the time he's right there. I mean, at, at the rate he's going, I mean, he's only like four or five years, but still, it's in, it's incredible. I had some guy actually get on me because um, on social media, because when we played the Angels, and yeah, he was ripping it up. He pitched well. You got to give us give the guy his due. The guy's a great player, you know. The, you know, and as somebody who's you know that's my whole career in athletics, yeah, I respect the heck out of uh, you know. You see that kind of athletic accomplishment. Uh, Hey, you got to talk about it. You just can't ignore it. Yeah, it's against against the team I'm, you know, I'm rooting for and, and employed by. But hey, man, the other part of the game, that's one of the great things about the Japanese. I mean, their ability to recognize and respect greatness. And yeah, we do it here in the States too. But I mean, how do you not? How do you not? The guy is just off the chart. He throws a hundred to hundred. So Otani is going to hit free agency this winter it seems like a foregone conclusion obviously there's still time for them to work out an extension but it seems that that's where we're going what percent chance would you give the mariners at signing this guy if they want to spend 70 80 million dollars i would say they'll do it i don't see it (laughs) happening (laughs) would we love to have them are you kidding absolutely uh uh I'd love to be surprised, put it that way. 
Yeah, so that sounds like a 2% chance. <laughs> Whatever. It, 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 I'm not, I'm not uh, holding my breath. So the Mariners are off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, we're here now in mid-May. They're 21 and 22. However, they're only five games back in the division lead. The Texas Rangers are leading the division, which is a big surprise to me and most people. Uh, where do you, I mean, what what's going on with the Mariners, and what's your kind of outlook at this point in the season? Pitching is fabulous. Uh, bullpen, and the starters especially, bullpen's been really good. Bullpen's been good without Munoz and Castillo and uh, Penn Murphy, a couple, you know, three guys that were part of the success ladder. But uh, Trevor Gatt, Gabe Spire, Justin Topa, and if they stepped up and really they've been getting the job done, it's been fantastic. As starters, uh, Castillo's in a little bit of a slump. I fully expect him to get out of it. Bryce Miller, kid, has been off the chart good. George Kirby's been outstanding. Uh, Logan Gilbert's been good. Marco got knocked around. He just suffered his first loss the other day. It's about hitting. And the guy has great numbers on uh, good to great numbers back of the baseball cards. Haven't really started making um, you know, Ty France got hot recently. He's on about a 14-15 game hitting streak. Julio is uh, hey, sophomore slump that happens. And guys, you know, he has to make the adjustment to the adjustment that was made to him. Talk about it all the time. Teoscar Hernandez striking out too much. Uh, but he's uh, lately in the last eight nine days is has got a lot more selective uh, on his on his swing. Uh, Colton Wong uh, still okay of a hole, but we got this whole Jose Caballero kid, he's a journeyman, he's playing his tail off, making contact pretty consistently. Can play short second, does a good job there. And we just got a hit. Kelnick got off to a great start. He's cooled off a little bit. Uh, who else? Was Gino hasn't really got, you know, and uh, Eugenio Suarez at third. I mean, he's a guy one time hit 49 home runs. He had 31 last year. So, it, knowing that background, I believe there's a surge coming. And, um, you know, Mariners are about the same spot they were last year at this time. So, yeah. there's no panic. There's no, you know, it's, uh, first of all, it's baseball. This stuff happens. I still can't believe that uh, I still believe uh, Texas will come back to the pack. The Astros, they're now five beyond 500. That's not a surprise with Altuve coming back. Brantley may not be back. Uh, of course, Houston suffered, you know, significant losses in the rotation. So, hey, man, it's, we got a long way to go and it's hardly over. Yeah, I think the fact that Houston, Houston is not the juggernaut that they were last year. Now, they can get to that point when, as they get healthy. However, they do have two starting pitchers, um, actually three that are hurt right now. Um, exactly. So I just, I think though, even if they come back, they're not going to win 105, 106 games again this year. No. So that opens this division up for Seattle to potentially make a move. However, do not discount that club. As I look at this, they scored they uh, scored 120 runs in the month of April, and they were plus 20 in that month alone. They're nine and six in the month of May as we record this, and uh, a pretty good win streak. Three, they won six of the last seven games. So, been winning out. He's just coming. Two just coming back. 
they had some guys that can play, and they, they believe they beat us, what, two out of three at our place. Uh, they did, yeah. So do not, uh, do not dismiss those boys. Not dismissing them. I think they'll still win the division. Just don't think they're going to win 105 or six games as they did last well, year. You know what? Uh, the, the priority is win a division. If you if you yep. win it with eighty seven wins, who cares? Win a division, and you get, you get one of the top seeds. That's what that's what counts. They're getting great contributions from. This is what makes I think what I what what separates Houston and the Dodgers from everybody else, and perhaps the Braves are going to be in that category too if they're not already. The thing that I see with Houston is this next man up mentality and how they consistently keep churning out these guys. So Mauricio Dubon comes in for Altuve and he's been remarkable for them. The pitchers that the pitchers that guy's been ridiculous. Uh, Sorry. What was that? No, I said Dubon has been phenomenal. I mean, a 723 OPS 309 batting average. I mean, 10 doubles going to hit leaders on the team. I mean, it's, uh, it's impressive, man. It's remarkable. They got that from uh, Pena last year. And Pena's having a, probably a better year this year than Carlos Correa is, and he's a lot cheaper. And on top of that, now they've got these starting pitchers up there. Uh, our guy, J.P. France, cracking in that rotation. Brandon Bielek, Hunter Brown. And so it's just this consistent let, knowing, having a good feel for when to let go of players and replacing those players with their own pieces. Now, obviously they have gone out and they've, they brought in a Jose Abreu and they will make some of those moves to supplement their team. But that is what I think great teams do is they continuously churn out talent. They have another young core emerging. Then the other part of that is they, these, when you have a, when you have guys coming up through your pipeline consistently, there's so much continuity with them coming up through the minors with each other and that oh, plays yeah, that, factor that's in typical team chemistry. Of any good club. Yeah, that's typical of any successful club. No question about it. And again, they're getting a lot of this done with the success they're having right now. I'm looking at Bregman's numbers, they're way off. Uh, so I you know, they're still being there. This is a nice one to be saying in, in Seattle, I can tell you that much right now. So uh, <clears throat> and and we don't they don't come back to our place here you know, with the new schedule. We don't play them again at our place until the last week of the season. That's crazy. I can't believe that. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, we, so, we go we in there twice before that happens. You said you expect Texas to regress in some capacity. Why is that? Well, I don't know. You know, DeGrom, how many are not gonna, are they going to get 35 starts out of them? No. Uh, you know, is Evaldi going to continue with what he does? Uh, I know they they just got Corey Seager back, um, and I know they have they had a few guys who are really ripping it right now. But I just I, I don't know. I just it's just the gut feeling. I wish I could put you know more more into it. But I just there's something about the uh, team. Then at the same time, and let me just double check one thing here. Um, uh, let's see. As I look look at their pitching. You know, Gray, Gray's probably off to his best start. Ditto Evaldi, Martin Perez, Heaney, and uh, he's probably a 500 guy. DeGrom has only made how many starts? He's made six starts already. <sighs> the bullpen, the bullpens, I don't think the bullpen is, is anything to write home of. So, yeah. I think that could kill. 
Yeah, I just I truly haven't gotten to watch them a whole lot. I need to start watching them more on my MLB.tv. Uh, but I just coming into the year, I last year they won like 68 games, 69, 70 games. It's it's right now they're on a path. They're on pace to win somewhere in the 90s, which would be a 20 plus win turnaround from one season ago. And I just didn't really see them being that much better than they were last year. So I'm not I'm giving this. They're the leading or run scoring team in the league. Yep. They've been doing a hell of a job there. They, they really the second, have. They have a second-best run differential in the American League as well. Right. Third and batting. I, I mean, they're getting a lot done in that regard. I think – do you think um, – I'll ask you this. Do you think a big key to their success is their new manager? Well, you have to go there, absolutely. Boston won all ten, you know, three-time series winner. You know, won a pennant over in San Diego back in 98. You know, it's really good guy, great communicator. Um, yeah, I mean, a veteran guy knows what he's doing. You know, he's working for a guy that played for him. Uh, Chris Young was, you know, pitched for him in San Diego. And I talked to Boats last week, you know, <laughs> they moved, uh, they let San Diego move to uh, Nashville. And when see what Paul does, his wife said, really said that, said, you can go back and said, uh, yeah, let's give it a shot. So he's uh, there. He is. He's back in uh, back in the ball game, and you know it's got a two game lead over Houston as we speak, and four over the Angels. Good, good people, person, and a, a very good baseball man. One of the coolest things I've seen this year. Uh, Sunday night baseball, a couple about three weeks ago, maybe it was Carl uh, did a conversation that both Dusty and uh, and Boach, and that was. Just the conversation to sit back and listen to these guys kicking around and, and chop it up, man. It was it was a lot of fun. A couple of lifers, you know, competing against each other on various levels through the course of their great careers. Both of them are going to the Hall of Fame. It was it was really neat, especially for me to see two dudes from my generation still rocking it and getting it done. Have you gotten to know Dusty pretty well over the years? Yeah, I met him. Um, when was that? Late. I mean, he's with the Giants, and I think I was doing something. Yeah, I was doing a Philly Sunday pregame show, and I remember. So this had to have been like 99, 2000. I'm pretty sure it was with the Giants. That sounds right. Yeah. And I met him, right. and then along the way, uh, you know, once I, I got this job, and I remember calling him and saying, man, I got I finally got my own team. You know, I'm not going to be helicoptering in on ESPN or anything like that. And he said, oh, man, I always wanted to come to you know, work in Seattle. I love to hunt and fish up there, weather, and blah, blah, blah. And so – so now I've already seen Dusty uh, since this gig. He's been with what, uh, with Cincy, and he was out for a while. He's on TV. Um, Washington and Washington had great success in Washington. He got he got robbed down there, and you know the players and most of the media guys I knew down there, and knowing DC were, you know, still hacked off that he got cut loose. Bad situation. Uh, wasn't his fault that a couple of pitchers. <laughs> I think Max had a bad couple of games in the playoffs and went down from there. They go on and win, eventually go on and win the World Series. So I'm just I was just thrilled for for Dusty this past season. Even though you know I said, hey man, you beat us and we had you. He says, yeah, you had us and you let us go. I said, yeah, tell me about it. I called him a couple <laughs> of weeks after uh, after he'd won. I figured I'd let it die down. And we invited him on. He came on with Coach K and me and 
remember the conversation just came up and who calls me? I'm sure you heard the story. Say, oh, Obama. He started naming everybody. It's like, <laughs> I think I know a lot of people, and he knows 10 times more people. Are like, <laughs> maybe 100. <laughs> Dusty, I think of like what you mentioned with all the people he knows, all the stories he has, although I have not, I have not met Dusty yet. But with Dusty, I just think of those Dosecki commercials, the most interesting man in the world. Like that could be Dusty Baker. We need to do it's like our own little MLB, MLB.tv, those little commercials and promos they yeah. do. Do do a little spin-off or a parody with Dusty they Baker with some of his be stories. accurate. I mean, here's the guy that was he says, Hey, I was raised by Hank Aaron in baseball. I mean, come on, what more do you need? And uh I had I can't remember for the life of me, I can't remember who told me this, but said the two best Baseball, usually baseball ambassadors on the planet right now. Bob Kennett from the National League Dam and Hall of Fame in Kansas City and Dusty Baker. I said, yeah, I'll buy that. <laughs> yeah, for certain. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. So, you've got two legendary managers in the same division. Then you've got the Angels and, and Mariners uh, hanging in there. What's your, uh, what, what's your read on the Angels? We haven't discussed them yet. Uh, I like the kid I saw yesterday close it out in uh, in Baltimore. And a big right-hander. Of course, I'm blanking on his name right now. We've only seen him once, but you know, Tra- Griffin Canning. Is he pitching? No, 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 no. 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 Kid, big guy, Mark Martinez or Marquez or something like that. I'll find Gosh. it. But he yeah. was tremendous yesterday. He he struck out Mountcastle on a 99, at least a 99 mile an hour speed on the outside corner that. Is, is really impressive. Um, so they're going to swing. They're swinging a bat better, pitching better. Um, you know, <laughs> you know the, the Mariners. We're not talking about a, a team you're going to walk all over. That ain't going to happen. Um, I mean, let's see. Say this guy's name. I got it right here. Estevez. Yes. Yeah. The closer. He, uh, Carlos Estevez. Yeah. He is. Wow. I, I liked him yesterday. And you know, he's had a sub. Hundred loss record, but right now he's one 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 three five, twenty six strikeouts, a one two zero whip. So, you know, if if he's going to be their stud closer, that 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 changes part of the uh, dynamic, a lot of the dynamic on that team and in the division. Yeah, I think they're better this year than we've seen in years past. I think a big key is they need Anthony Rendon to stay healthy because what they've gotten out of Rendon is unbelievable. He's never healthy. He just went back on the IL with a groin injury, but when he's been healthy, that's the, you know, there's been a lot of talk about this contract and when he's been healthy this year, I mean, he's given them, he's given them a lot. That's a, an above average defensive third baseman and an above average bat. He's a, he's a very good contact hitter. He got, he got asked recently about why his, uh, if there's anything about his power numbers being down. And he said, they don't call me Tony Four Bags. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, yeah he's played thirty games, three and one, one homer, twenty RBI. But I mean, here's a guy; it's a big doubles machine, an RBI machine with Washington. Um, and my God, he's only he's played one hundred eighty-seven games with the Angels, and that's covering three and a half, three years plus. Go figure. 
I think that's the that's a key cog right there. So if you lose, if you only can get, you know, even let's just say let's say he only plays, you know, eighty games this year, a hundred games this year, that's that's gonna make a difference. If you had this guy healthy and he's playing 140, 150 games for you, I think you're looking at a team that could get into that wild card spot. Although the AL East right now looks like they're gonna have a monopoly on the wild card spot. Yeah, I know that. That's why it's very important for uh, you know Mariner bats to slide and and uh, make sure you know in the head head the kind of head head match you have Houston gonna have to win those series and and hope that uh, you know Houston will maybe come back to the pack even more <laughs> right now they're in the process of moving up out of the pack for my money but uh, yeah that that's the beauty of baseball man it's day to day grind it out and uh, <laughs> whatever happens at the end, it's going to be well-earned, that's for sure. I think Seattle and Cleveland, I put them in the same category. I think those are two teams that are going to heat up as it warms up outside. I think – go ahead. No, I was going to say, Scott said – the Scott Service said the exact same thing. We were, uh, we were Detroit first. You got a little bit warm there, one, two out of three. We had a super cold night, the third game in Boston the other night. Won that first game 10 to 1. It's warm down here in Atlanta as we speak. But I think we'll be great. Um, I think that, let's face it, a lot of Hispanic players, you know, they're used to, you know, their they're, they're home habitats, man. They're used to playing warm weather and excelling in warm weather. And, and certainly when the weather gets, you know, hot here in the lower 48, it, it definitely bodes well for a lot of the guys we have in our club and and probably for a lot of the guys around the league. So it's uh, curious to see what happens as we – where are we? This is, what, mid-May. As we get closer to uh, the trade deadline, we still got got some ways here. But the next 40 games, I think the second uh, – you know, we hit the first quarter pole, now we're hitting four-and-a-half-mile pole in this group of games right now. A lot of stories going to be told about who's going to get moved where, that's for sure. 100%. I've got a new rule proposition. I'm curious what you think of this. I think that if every team in the American League East finishes the season with a winning record, then the AL Central should have to forfeit their division <laughs> champion spot. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going to say we get relegated like in uh, like in soccer. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good too. I like that. Um, yeah, I tell you what, I, you know Tito's team. You know, I think if they they regroup, they they can they can pitch. Their team's not very good, and they'd be the friend, and they don't hit it out of the ballpark. And this is another year of that of same. So, and I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what Minnesota does. I mean, they're Plus four over five hundred. Cleveland's three hundred. Um, wow, I mean, it's still not a very good division. And Cleveland, you know, we played Cleveland seven times in the first particular season. Their bullpen generally is very good, but you know, offensive man, they they just scuffle. They have to they have to manufacture pretty much everything they get because, with the exception of Naylor going over this past weekend, going a little nuts with some what was it three consecutive games of eighth or ninth inning home runs to go ahead and win. Uh, they're, they're not getting a lot of pop. 
Brian Kenny brought this up the other day on MLB Now. He pointed out how last year Cleveland was a very fun offensive team with their contact hitting approach. Yeah. And last year the home run home runs were down across the league. Now home runs are back up. So he was pointing out that it's going to be harder for them to win games if home runs are up because last year collectively there were a lot of teams that were trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark and they couldn't do it. So Cleveland was able to spray the ball over the field and win games. It'll be interesting to see if that trend continues. Well, as we speak right now, they are dead last with 24 home runs in the American League. Dead last. And, uh, the top team, the Rays, have 87. That's a little bit of a discrepancy there. Talk about a, a, a Grand Canyon chasm between a couple of teams. I mean, 87 home runs in 45 games compared to 24 home runs in three games. Ouch. Man, and and Cleveland's one of the lowest scoring teams in only 150. So, you know, you start, you got to score runs to win, babe. It's true, and they're they're 14th. They ain't gonna cut it. I'm not out on Cleveland yet, though, because of the division. If they were playing in the AL East, I'd be like, yeah, forget it. But they're in the AL Central. I think Cleveland could. I think there's a path for them that could be similar to the Atlanta Braves from two years ago. The Braves did not have a winning record until August, but they're that no one ran away with the NL East division. The Mets kind of melted down. They had some injuries. The Phillies melted down. The Braves just kind of squeaked in there. I think they won 87 or 88 games, maybe 89 yeah, to, to win the to division. Compare that club in terms of power-wise, which you can get back in yes. the games a heck of a lot quicker and you get that perfect in a couple of weeks at a time, they get you a little uh, breathing room and, and, and also gain ground as you're trying to call your way to standings. Cleveland doesn't have that uh, that kind of instant, I mean, that, maybe not instant offense, but explosive attack that's going to lend itself to making a big run. They, you know, they're three and a half back now. It would, for a team that's nickel and dime in that offense, they get back seven, eight, nine, ten runs. Um, I wouldn't be betting, I wouldn't be betting on Cleveland. I will beat everybody else's. <laughs> I'd be stunned if he pulls off pulls off other and if he did, he better win coach, he better win manager of the year again. But Dave, here's my counter to that. The trade deadline. The Braves picked up, you know, Duval, uh, Rosario. Great job. Great job. It, they Solaire. So maybe the Guardians can get some help here and just I mean, as long as they can stay in it, I just I give them a chance to to get Tell me what I don't. I'm just asking. But if, if if you know that they have their sisters rich, that they can afford to make a couple of trades to get a couple of boppers, uh, I, I gotta believe you know they, they would do it in a heartbeat if they could. Was that Mark Antonetti's over there? Then uh, that, I'd be curious to have that question answered. Yeah, I don't entirely know who's going to be available, who they would want to add. Um, but I mean, like the Braves picked up all those guys and didn't give up a, a big time prospect. So it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see, but I think there's kind of the other thing with them is when Tristan McKenzie and Aaron Savali are fully healthy, that'll also change. Now they are going to need to score more runs, but I do think that 
I still think Cleveland's going to win this division. I'm not out on them McKenzie, yet. McKenzie had a great start before he got hurt. It's a shame. But, uh, I really, I really like that kid. Um, great kid. Have you talked to him? Uh, no, but I saw somebody, I don't know, Harold or somebody did an interview with him. Fantastic. Oh, I know it was. He was on with a lot of Rizzo one day. So it was really good. Yeah. Uh, put it to, I can tell you this Chris Antonetti and Mark, Mike Chernoff. Uh, you know their wheels are turning if they can pull off some deals. But I just, I'm at the, got to be curious now. I'm going to have to call out and see what they have. You can take a look at their uh, AAA and AA. Tristan was someone I talked to at spring training. I interviewed him, and he's a great kid. He's very mature, very mature. I mean, he's pro. I mean, I'm not that old, but I mean, he's he's a little younger than I am, and I he just he talked like a veteran. Like I also talked to Josh Bell, and Josh Bell and I were talking off the. I mean, we were we were just talking outside of an interview, and he made mention of how a lot of these guys when they're young they sort of freeze up when they're being interviewed, they don't know what to say. But when I see a guy like a Tristan McKenzie, who's in his, I think this is his third full season in the big leagues. And the yeah, way that that guy uh, talks like, Oh my gosh, he's, he's incredible. He's a real deal. Yeah. No, he's, he, uh, he's very impressive. See, he was born in Brooklyn, went to school, high school in Florida. Uh, he's, I tell you what, the other thing I noticed too, in the interview, I, I remember it. And he talked about following games and following games on radio and TV. This guy presents a very good sneak. He, you know, 10, 15 years down the line, if he wants to get a business, he would be good. Yeah. He would be really good. He'd be, yeah, he'd be a great analyst. He'd be a great broadcaster. Um, you know who else, uh, in terms of players? Now, I don't think he's currently on a team because I know he's had some injuries, but Stephen Brault. Uh, I don't know if you ever talked to him. Oh, no, 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 without a doubt. Without a doubt. I talked to him about three, four years ago last year in Pittsburgh. He's a singer, a trained singer. Uh, I don't try to remember if he plays, but I know he's a singer. Uh, he, another one, has presence, good looking, good command of the language, good storytelling ability, uh, and he wants to be in a broadcast booth. Yeah, he, that, I could definitely see that happen. He's, Great, because I've—I mean, he's done broadcasts when he was injured. Oh, yeah. They had him in on mm -hmm. Zoom a couple of years ago doing some of those Pirates games, and yeah. yeah, you mentioned the music. He released an album where it's Broadway songs that he covers. Yeah, he plays piano. He might play guitar. Like he's an incredibly talented guy. Another guy, real deal, man, real deal. Big time. Is there anyone else that comes to mind when you look at some of the players right now, or guys who maybe are? kind of be towards the end of their career um, or maybe in a spot like Steven who haven't been picked up that you see, man, that wow. guy would be a really Thank good broadcaster. Off the top of my head right now. Uh, I can't think of anybody right now, but I, I probably in about a week I'll be able to give you a list. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're out there and it's really, you know, it's encouraging, you know, when you go into the clubhouse and, or, or catch guys around the cage and, you know, you know, who are the hell fellow well-met guys that, you know, obviously are doing a job and trying to get ready for a game. I'm not going you know, to have a full-fledged conversation. But, you know, basic reasons maybe ask a couple of questions. I find Bregman, I like Bregman. Um, I, Alex Bregman, I think he's got a great personality. 
a few years ago. He did that. He sort of was doing a wedding crashers bit a few years ago on YouTube, which was pretty funny. <laughs> um, and, and, and it worked, and he had fun with it. And I, and I remember because I saw him after I was going into the next season, and I thought it, I thought it was impressive. Of course, then there are some guys who think they'd be good TV who might not be. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> we won't mention yeah, those guys, but you know, guys. you know what I'm talking about. You've seen that. Oh God, yeah, you kidding? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I want to do what you do. Well, you know, you're gonna show up early. Oh, you only you get to the game how many hours before the game? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you one who I think would be great, um, who we could see maybe in a few years, Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, yeah, I buy that. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. he would. He's great. I mean, he's hilarious. He'd be. I bet he'd be a good storyteller. I think he'd be. I think he'd be a great broadcaster. And you were talking about Stephen Braun. I'm trying to look back to when I last time we were there at Pittsburgh. So it was the year before the pandemic. I think that's when I met him. He and uh, oh god, he just married. Some hot YouTube star, Cole, uh, Cole Tucker. Cole Tucker, yeah. I met him. He's another guy that I don't know. I forget. Is he with the Rockies now? I think. Yeah, I don't know if he made the team. He might be in. I don't think he did either. But he's another guy with a great personality, great look. You know, baseball savvy. I, I, we saw him in spring training. Yeah, I saw him at spring training. Great kid. Great kid. Haven't talked to him yet. Haven't actually really heard him talk. Uh, another one he's, also he's from that. Uh, so Stephen Brault does that Chris Rose rotation podcast, which is a fun podcast. I recommend it to those who are interested. Okay. Um, Lucas Giolito and Tyler Glass now also contribute to that. And I think both of those guys would also – if they when they get out, I think they make great comments. Oh, Adovino, yeah, he's great. Very good. So, Dave, what's been on your mind in terms of baseball outside of what we've discussed today? What have you been kind of locked in or interested <laughs> in? I've, I've liked the, the the rule changes. Um, yeah, the pace of the game's been really good. You know, every, you know we had a. We get one game we ten runs, other game we gave up twelve runs. And I'm I kind of um, nah, hey, I'm just moseying along in this thing, man. This is um, I don't have any real beefs or anything. Um, you know, I'm just it's the ultimate sit back and watch every day, and see what happens and evaluate from there. Um, Looking forward to the All Star Game. You know, we have it in Seattle, so that's going to be great. It's the best time of the year weather-wise, so that's a getting. Um, I notice I continue to but notice the, the continued uh, dearth of Black American players in the game. We don't have any Black American catchers. We haven't had one, I think, of note since uh, Charles Johnson. And that's twenty some years ago. Uh, let's see. What else? Black managers. We got Dusty and Dave Roberts. Um, the, whole, <laughs> the whole sticky stuff. That story from a couple of days ago with uh, Domingo Herman. What are you doing? How can you get caught twice in, you know, in less than a month? 
a little more than a month. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> that's puzzling. I thought the Aaron Judge thing was – I give Aaron great benefit of the doubt, although I'm still curious as to why it was a right-hand hitter. I know the Yankees dug out – the visitor dug out Ronald's first guy. If he had – I don't know. He, he claimed that a lot of these guys were beefing because Booney had just been thrown out, and then he hits a ball about nine miles. So, hey, I salute his talent. And I'm, I'm glad that storm has blown over. And uh, I, I thought that was really weird. I think any other weird happenings? Not really. I mean, a couple of trades. I'm still blown away that you know, we were in Boston and, not, and no Xander Bogarts. I mean, he's, you know, he's with San Diego. I thought that was really bizarre. And here's a guy. You know, they, they signed him, raised him, all-star, World Series champion, and then they, they cut him loose. And I know it's a lot of time. It's a business. I get it. Uh, what else? Um, you know, Mariner pitching has been outstanding. we got a couple, three more guys that, that could step in if necessary. Um, and, again, I mentioned earlier, the trade deadline, still, what, it's been a month in August now. So we've still got a ways to go. So a lot of stories need to be told between now and then, and I just hope that, uh, you know, first of all, for everybody, but more specifically for Mariners, good health. And uh, let's pick up the batting edges here. Let's go with some more runs. Huh? We, got, we have outstanding pitching. Let's go. <laughs> so I got – you mentioned the uh, Seattle pitching. I've got a hot take here from one of our contributors to this show. We call him the Seattle sports guy. His name is Mario Lanza. And he says, "A lot. Um, everyone thinks Luis Castillo is the Mariners' ace, but Castillo isn't the ace. George Kirby is the ace. Ask Dave how he would respond to that. Yeah, you could, uh, based on what, as we speak right now, you could say that for sure. Luis has had about four, I think it's three, four, uh, him performance certainly lit up in Boston the other night. <clears throat> George has gone out just like, hey, here it is, boys. It's rock and roll, and he's been dominant, and it's been fun to watch. And <laughs> the other day when he got taken out after six and two thirds, boy, you could—I was on radio with Rick Riz and say, hey, Rick, he is stained. He did not want to come out. Scott Service said, nah. he, the next day he said, hey, I understand. I love that fire in him. Uh, don't worry, we got it covered. You can case for uh, George being age right now, no question. How good will the Mariners be if Julio and Kelnick are good at the same time? He also wanted to ask you that. Oh, I'll tell you what, if both of them are hitting, you know, anywhere, if I'm going to say 280, I'll say anywhere from 275, 315 with pop. Look out! That's, that means a whole lot of runs are being scored. The thing great about these two guys, both I find them. I, I find them. I know my eyes are think Both of those guys are outstanding defenders. Uh, you know, Julio gap to gap in center field. Kelnick's gap to gap in center field. Anytime when Julio's been out, it gets a blow. In the corners, he's been outstanding. And you know, I kept hearing about how bad an outfielder Teoscar Hernandez was, and I've, I've not found that to be the case. I mean. Uh, um, it's not Kevin who is, and I think he's really good. I like I like what he's done out there. He he's he's a pro. He hustles. 
and uh, it's got a good arm. Um, Kelnick and Julio have plus arms. Uh, Kelnick's like a, a tad more accurate. But, you know, if, if those two cats get going, they, they can carry the team for a while, no doubt about it. And Julio last year, Julio got off to a real slow start. So, again, like you said, there's adjustments. There's learning curves. There's, you know. And don't forget last year, too. Let me just interrupt you real quick, too. Let's, last year, you go back and go back and look at all the, the, the writing and what was said. He was getting squeezed by umps on a regular basis for a couple, three weeks, maybe four weeks. And then, yeah, then he, he started. He, adjust, he he dealt with it. He didn't flip out. So he's hit better men than I am. And, you know, he stayed with his program, stayed with his process, and then things came together. I'm too super back because I'm giving him a lot of credit that he's going to be able to figure out uh, what he has to do. I think, and he's so excited about, you know, wanting to do good, do well. And I know a service and I talked to, uh, uh, the hitting coach, they say, yeah, just kind of dial it back to Tony and uh, JD, just to Tony Arnerich and uh, JD, um, the back office a little bit. I mean, he's going max effort on the swings and it gets him in trouble, particularly early count. Yeah, so. Um, um, let me just, real quick, your friend yeah. asking about Luis, his last five games, five starts. Team is one and four. He's taken two of the losses. Yeah, 27 innings, 32 hits, 19 runs, seven earned. Yeah, seven walks is 32. Six homers, a 5.67 ERA. Ouch. He's got some things to work on. <laughs> <laughs> so George Kirby is the ace right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, that subject to chase him, I'm dialing him up right, right. now. Um, hey, thrilled to have both of them on the ball club. Thrilled, and you know, it's a little bit of a hiccup. Yeah, last game was on Lango. So, George, his last five, the team is four and one, he's four and one, 34 two thirds, seven hits, seven runs, seven earned, three walks, 29 strikeouts. One walk and an ERA of 1.82. A now, 219 batting average. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> pretty dang good. Uh, all yeah. right, Dave, we're going to wrap things up here, but people want to know, how's your buddy Coach K doing? Doing well, man. Enjoying, uh, you know, the post-basketball life. He just hooked up with the uh, NBA being consultant with them. Uh, he's got a lot to say, and he's got a lot of great – Great ideas. I still think he should be running. Uh, he should be the, the czar of basketball, college basketball. And and the, the things that he has espoused over the years to make the game better and maybe take some control from, uh, away from the NCAA and maybe stay under the umbrella but be more self-sufficient. Hey, we're going to run it this way. We know we have basketball people who know what basketball needs and where the, you know, the industry is going right now. I think that would be uh, that would be a hell of a move if they could do that. Um, but he's with the NBA, so we'll see what happens. We'll see. Uh, he's Dave Sims. He's been in this game a long time. He's an all-time legend. We're glad he joined us today. Dave, before we get you out of here, you want to throw out your social media handles or uh, promote yeah, any of the stuff um, you're working on? 
Yeah, my battery's my battery's running out here on my uh, my my laptop. Uh, let's see, Instagram at T D S S, uh, Twitter at the Dave Sims Show, and uh, and Dave Sims. You can find me on, on Facebook. So I'm on those three. I, I, I have TikTok. I don't I don't really play with it that much. Oh, you got TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I guess my I guess and a few were on there, and they they send me stuff. Anyway, that's my deal. Well, thank you so Jack, much. Jack, good to see you, man. Great talking with you, Dave. Hope to do it again sometime. Yeah, you bet. Thank you, man. All right. Be well. Take, Take care. care. See you down the road. See you. All right. And that concludes my conversation today with Dave Sims. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, not our greatest audio or video quality. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, you stuck around. There's a lot of great stuff in there. Um, I understand that, again, it, was a little, it may have been a little choppy and difficult to follow at points, but I hope that the audio video quality, it was still, I, I hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully it stuck around. So I'm going to be back with another episode, probably talking this PGA championship, uh, Sunday night, probably released that Monday morning. I will have the bachelorettes Garrett Powell, uh, the golf pro who was on the 2019 season of the bachelorette. And that will be a fun conversation. We're going to talk some golf. We're going to have some more uh, sports episodes coming soon, more baseball guests, um, and then also more guests from the Worlds of Reality TV. So make sure you guys are following along on my social media, at Jack Vita Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you guys won't want to miss out on I'll, – I'll provide some updates as to who I'll be talking to in the coming episodes. And then, of course, make sure you guys are subscribed to my show – the Jack Vita show here on YouTube, Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to and consume podcasts. Uh, I noticed recently that for whatever reason, people haven't been seeing my Facebook posts. I contacted Facebook. We're going to work on that. We're going to hopefully get a resolution there, but I've noticed that most of the traffic for the show comes through my Facebook page. So people are only seeing stuff when I post it on there. And if people can't see my posts, then people aren't tuning in. Um, but if you guys enjoy the show, hit subscribe and then turn on that notifications bell on YouTube. So that way you don't miss out on a podcast. That'll be a huge help to me because then the, the content will go straight to you and you won't have to rely on me being able to post it onto my social media channels so people can see it. People aren't even seeing it on there. So until our next conversation, our next episode, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dance lobsters. <laughs>